0: Honestly, I never thought I'd air these. At the time, that thought wouldn't have even crossed my mind. Nope, these recordings were stuffed into a folder to never see the light of day by anyone but me. And yet, I'm pulling back the curtain and revealing yet another real, raw, behind-the-scenes look at how I shifted my mindset around sales. Because this perspective is so needed in the online space and so encouraging if you're currently feeling like closing sales is a mystery to you. It's no secret that I believe mindset work will change absolutely everything for you when it comes to sales, the same way it did for me, so that's exactly why we're diving in again in today's episode. We're uncovering what it really means to go all in on your message and strategy, and why this is one of the most important things you can shift your thinking around, so not only you're clear on what you're selling and how you're selling it, but your people are too. Confused people rarely purchase, so it's time to shift your thinking around this stat. For more results. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. Hello, hello, my simple shifters. I am so excited to be coming at you today with episode number three of the sales series. Seriously, this has been so much fun for me to share with you, and I so appreciate the messages that I've been getting saying how much you are loving this series and how much it is providing a real, raw, behind the scenes look of what it actually took for me to grow my online coaching business. That is literally the whole point. So that makes my heart so freaking happy to hear. And I'm just so glad that you're finding this valuable. And I hope that there are lessons to be gleaned in these episodes that you are taking and you are applying to your own mindset around sales in your business. So today's episode is a bit of a shorter one, and that, in all honesty, is because I believe I forgot to hit record during our session. So it's starting about 20 minutes in here, but it's still value-packed and a really, really good session, so I wanted to bring it to you anyway and didn't want that to hold me back from sharing it with you. Now, just for context, as we're diving into this session, I had just created a bunch of headlines for my content marketing. And what we're talking about here is how to make those headlines sound more exciting and to really tie them to the end result and transformation that I offer my clients. Now, this is something totally new for me. And as you can see, my mindset is a little bit all over the place here with how exactly to apply that to my business and how to really make that work for me in my content marketing. So without further ado, let's go to the episode.
1: So like, what do your people want? What's the one problem you're solving for them? Come on. You wrote it like 70,000 times in your copy.
0: (laughs) The beautiful, balanced life and a thriving, successful business. All right. Thank you.
1: That's the thing. That's always the thing that will forever be the thing. So like you have to be tying all of this to that thing. And you might find other ways to say it here and there. But, like, you're never not tying it to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you want me to
0: say that when you stop comparing yourself to others, that's helping you build that beautiful life because you're seeing, the own, like, your own beauty in your own life and you're
1: appreciating it. And you're like, that's nice that she's in Bali, but I'm doing my thing. Helps you thrive in business more because you're not rabbit-holing looking at everyone else's shit. You're actually getting your own shit done. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so what we want you to kind of do with your content is be a broken record.
0: (laughs) This is why having a core message to go back to is so incredibly important when it comes to your marketing and sales in your business. I see so many people who are really afraid of anchoring into that core message and sort of just deciding that that is what their business is about. That is what their message is about. That is what their mission is about. That is what they're here to do. And let me tell you, when you actually decide what that core message is, when you actually decide what you want to really wrap your messaging around, Everything else gets so much easier. And the reason I say that is because I experienced that firsthand. Once I really anchored into that message that I was helping people thrive in life and business it became so much easier to bring everything else that I wrote, everything else that I was selling, everything else in my messaging back to that core message. So it took a lot of the second guessing and a lot of the self-doubt and a lot of the wondering out of the process, and it made it so that I started to write content a lot faster too. Now granted, that did not happen overnight, and that's definitely one of those things where I think practice really plays a part But having that core message to go back to made everything else so much easier. So if you are in a place in your business where you have been unable to really decide on what your core message is, what that looks like for you and what you are actually selling in your business, I really want to encourage you to think about that and to really decide what it is that you want to message around. I think that it is really, truly as easy as a decision and going in on that one core message. And that doesn't mean that you can't shift that over time. I mean, at the time, my message was helping you build a beautiful, balanced life and successful, thriving business. And as my business has evolved, I have decided that I really enjoy sales and I really help other women have those light bulb moments around sales. And then that helps them thrive in their business and in their life in such an incredible way, because I think once you can master that skill, you can create more money, more results in your life and business that you actually want. And that's just such an incredible part of helping them thrive. So a lot of my messaging has shifted over time to be more sales oriented, to be more money mindset oriented, because I believe that's one of the core ways that you create more money and more freedom in your life. And I believe that's one of the core ways that you can thrive. So that message has shifted slightly, but it's still pretty much the same, right? Like I'm still helping you to build a thriving life and business. And I just say that because I one, want you to see how that core message can evolve over time, because I think there's this mindset thing that creeps in there and says, oh my gosh, I can't possibly go all in on one message. What if I choose the wrong message? What if this is not the right thing? What if, what if, what if? And what I'll say to that is it's totally okay to change your mind. It's totally okay for that to evolve over time. Now, you don't want to be changing it every single day. But if there is a message that feels really good to you right now, start out with that one. Go all in on that one and know that you always have permission to shift later on. But by going all in on that message now, it's going to make so many of the other pieces in your business so much easier.
1: I think we've talked about this before, but it's worth reiterating, which is boring result,
0: mm-hmm.
1: unique take and process. So all of your, like, you're probably uh, never going to find an email newsletter for me that doesn't have some title that relates to like making more money or being more successful in your business. Yeah. Right. Cause just all my people want. <laughs> right. Right. Then they want to read it and they want to know my take on it and whatever. But like, if I'm not leading with that, they don't care enough. <laughs> yeah. They might love me, but they're like, I still don't care. I want to know how to do this, this, and this, right? So it's also what gets you known for a thing. Yeah. Like, I want someone to hear beautiful, balanced life and thriving and successful business and think of you. Okay. <laughs> so all, all roads lead there. Okay. There's just different ways of saying it, right? So like, um, so like knowing your priorities, cool. How knowing your priorities gets you everything you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm being dramatic, but does that make sense?
0: It makes sense. I think I,
1: so I always struggle with the,
0: like, is it too much? Right. So like you're saying like gets you everything you want, but like, I legitimately struggle with, I don't know what that, like, it gets you what, like,
1: what is the magic words that aren't like over-promising or feel icky or. I don't think that is an overpromise. truthfully. I mean, here's what I mean. Like, do I think that one person's going to read your newsletter and do it perfectly and get everything they want? No. Do I think that if most people really honed in on their priorities and actually lived like they were that was true, that they would have most things that they want in their life? A hundred percent. Right? So you're just opening yeah. the conversation. You're not making a promise. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would write a newsletter that said, why mindset work will make you more money than any strategy in your business. I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody that reads that newsletter, stop using strategy and go do mindset work all day and make a million dollars. Nope. (laughs) But what I try to think about too is the more it's like almost like how you like articles that get you excited. That excites people. That's exciting. That's enlivening. That's joyful. It's not bad. Right. Okay. I think I just feel like it's like clickbait, you know, it's like it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. And here's why. (laughs) (laughs) Are, this is how our brains work. Even if you're someone that like knows all about clickbait, you still click on clickbait. Okay. It's the psychology of being a human being. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I know all the ins and outs of marketing that I could ever know. And yet I still watch a commercial on TV and I'm like, I need that thing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's literally how our brains work. and so. The difference being, do you feel like you're selling something that has integrity and results and uh, purpose on the back end? It's shitty if you're selling shit. It's not shitty if you're leading the horse to water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to dangle a carrot in front of him to get him to the water. It's fine. Yeah. Because the water is useful and valuable and good for him, right? Yeah. If you're doing it and you're not giving him any water and you're just fucking with him... (laughs) Totally different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think when we think of, it's like so much less about the method and so much more about like, do I think that people are going to get massive value from this thing, right? Yeah. If this is clickbaity, but someone actually reads about priorities and makes one little shift in their day, was it worth it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if I don't do that, what's going to happen? They're going to consume all the shitty stuff. Yeah. Yeah because that person was willing to be a little more markety and then they're going to spend $2,000 on someone else's crap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So think about it like that. Like it's a service for you. It's a service for them. It's how our brains work. And as long as there's a good product on the other end, there's nothing wrong with it. Of course we want them to be led to a good product, right? Yeah. That makes sense.
0: I freaking love this conversation around clickbait because it is such an important conversation to have. The reason I say that is because it really is your job to market and sell your content, especially when content marketing is such a big part of how you market and sell to your potential clients. Now what that means is you probably have to work a little bit of an edge here when it comes to really marketing and really positioning your content content in a way that entices people to actually read it that makes them curious to see what you have to say because that really truly is the first step to them really starting to build that relationship with you now you can do this everywhere from blog posts which is what we're talking about here and the headlines you use there to even on your Instagram posts if that first headline that first like sentence you have isn't really enticing people to want to read more then you're missing out on a huge part of your audience and when you start to actually make those headlines more enticing make them more exciting to read, make them click worthy, you would be surprised, you will be surprised at the difference you see and how many click throughs you get, how many people you see engaging with your content, and how much you see it actually start to gain momentum and take off. The reason I mention this is because I think so many people are afraid of doing this. They're afraid of being too clickbaity or positioning their content in that way. But quite honestly, if you're a Putting all of that time and effort into writing your content, it's really important that we're also getting people to read your content. I think the term clickbait can actually sound a lot worse than it actually is, but I want you to think about it as a curiosity-inducing headline. So if that is the mindset shift that you have to layer on here is that it's not clickbait, it's just a curiosity-inducing headline, then I totally invite you to borrow that because I think that this is going to help you to get your content in front of more people. And as Lacey was talking about here, my program is good. I really built my business from a place of integrity. I show up 100% from my clients. I really believe in what it is that I'm selling. So because I know that I have such an easier time marketing to my audience, because I know that ultimately this is something that is going to really help them and really serve them in the long run. And quite honestly, that really is such a major benefit to me having a curiosity inducing headline because it means that they're not going out and buying someone else's program who decided to really push that more in their marketing, but maybe doesn't operate their business with the same values that I have. So if I can really think about it from the perspective of I am helping this person by really putting my content in front of them in a way where they are more likely to read it, to actually implemented in their lives so that I can actually help them, that is so much better to me than them buying from someone else that may not necessarily have those kind of values in their program. So I think of it more as helping and serving as opposed to a negative thing. And I really encourage you to do the same.
1: Okay. Do you want to go through more of these or do you want to try one? Sure. You want to throw one at me? Why vision boards work? How creating a vision board can boost your sales... Boom. create your vision board, boost your sales, how creating vision board, boosts your sales, how to create a vision board that will boost your sales. <laughs> yeah. So
0: here's my question. So we're promising like two things here, right? We're saying like, we have the beautiful balanced life and we have the thriving, successful business. And we're saying that they're actually like so intertwined that they're the same thing. But from a content strategy standpoint, do you think it's worth being like aware of, whether I have an article that's like how creating a vision board will boost your sales or get you the clients you want versus how having a vision board will help you have deeper, more fulfilling relationships. Like, do you think it always needs to go back to the business piece? Cause that's where people are starting and that's what they think they need. Or do you think that I should like try to balance the two?
1: Here's what I would say. Like, I think that like you lost me at relationships (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And here's what I mean. I think that veers when we're thinking life and business, we're talking about like the integration of the two, how you're living day to day, how you're functioning as a human. We're veering off when we're going to relationships. Does that make sense? But if it was like how a vision board gives you the life you want versus how a vision board gives you the business you want me, mix it up. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like what you want to stay focused on is this idea of like, life and business cohesion and not go down like all tracks that relate to life slash all tracks that relate to business. Because that's what you were scared about with business is like, if I talk about business, am I going to have to like coach them on Facebook ads? No. if I And just like if you talk about life, it doesn't mean you want to be like going to talk about relationships and stuff too. It's like the whole premise is this Cohesion, right? So, no article you should be writing. So, say that was like how to make a vision board to boost your sales. Mm -hmm. That article should also include like your vision board has to have things that make your life feel good too, because you're not going to make sales if you don't have a why in your life that's driving it. Yeah. If it was how to use a vision board to make your life good, you would be like, you have to have stuff there for your business. You can't be in a silo thinking that your life is going to be great and that your business has to finance that while feeling shitty you get my point, right? (laughs) Yep. So it's just, I'm like rambling, but it's just this idea of mix it up, but they never don't live together. Right. Okay. Yes. That makes sense to me. So this is like your permission to be a broken record. (laughs) Okay. Because you're going to feel like that sometimes. Like I feel like if I say make an income and an impact together one more time, I'm going to just like throw myself off a bridge. But (laughs) It's the most important thing in the whole world. And it's actually what I believe in. And so I'm going to just keep saying it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so for you, like, you're probably like most people that read my content are even noticing that they're just interested in those things. So they like reading those things. They're not like this, but talks about that all the time. They're just like, of course she does. That's what she does. And that's how you get known for a thing. Right? Yeah. So you're going to feel like, oh my God, every article is basically saying the exact same thing. And that's how you know you're doing it well. Okay. And that's how you're going to get known for something. That's how you're going to be the girl that's about the thriving, successful business and the beautiful, balanced life, right? Yeah. And until you say that, till you're blue in the face, everyone else isn't going to take that in, you know? Yeah. Okay.
0: Got it yes permission to be a broken record i think that this is so so key and it comes up for so many of my clients because i think the tendency here is to think that simply because you're repeating yourself again and again and again that you're doing something wrong and i just don't think that's true at all and would love to dispel that myth because it is by being repetitive in your marketing, in your sales, and heck, even in business for that matter, that you actually become known for something. You actually build that like, know, and trust factor, and you really stand out in your industry. And I just think this is so, so important because It takes more than one Instagram post or one Facebook group post for someone to really understand what it is that you do and how you can help them. And that is just such an important part of building that relationship before you sell, because then they're all warmed up first. So if you can really think about this as if you were putting a billboard up on the side of a highway, right? It would take your ideal client or customer driving by multiple times before they would actually step foot in your shop. So the first time they drive by, maybe they're like, oh, that's a new billboard. Interesting. The second time they drive by, they're like, oh, there's a new shop opening. Interesting. The third time they drive by, they're like, oh, what does that shop do? Oh, it's a restaurant. Okay, maybe we should go there. The next time they drive by, oh, I've been meaning to go there. We should really make a plan to do that this weekend. And then the final time they drive by, they're like, okay, we're actually going to go this weekend. We're going to make it happen. And that is what happens with your content as well, because people have to see it multiple times before they want to take that next step with you so in the example i just gave you had to drive by that billboard five times before you actually step foot in that restaurant the same is true with your content you might have to see it upwards of five times to decide that you actually want to book a call with someone to decide that they are actually the answer to your problem to decide that you want to hire them for the work that they do. There are so many steps there. And I think that when we can understand that when we can really look at it through that lens, we can understand that being a broken record is such an important part of that. It's not like you take the billboard down after it's up for a day, because no one would have actually like registered that it was even there, the same way you wouldn't just post once to Instagram and expect a flood of inquiries to come in, right? It's really about showing up consistently and really getting in front of your ideal clients again and again and again to really give them a chance to get to know you, to like, know, and trust you and want to take that next step. And being repetitive in your marketing is one of the absolute best ways to do that because that is what is going to really establish that connection. That is what is really going to help them understand what you do and how you can help.
1: Cool. All right. Let's talk about platforms, right? Yeah. And I want to go through and rewrite the um, titles that are in that last one and then have you look at them again. Absolutely. All right. So right now you have the idea of like the newsletter, the blog, how can you repurpose it? Where else should it be? Tell me what's going on with that.
0: Okay. So long-term, and this doesn't have to be a right now thing. Like right. this might be a once I have clients thing. <laughs> but, um, I think right now the long-term plan is to have a podcast and that be the hub of the information and it start there and then have a blog be show notes from the podcast. Right. And then the newsletter will be like four paragraphs leading to the blog, which will be as a podcast. <laughs> yeah. is all up <laughs> and so then from there, the only other things I'm doing are Instagram and the Instagram will be repurposed for my Facebook business
1: page. And then Pinterest graphics from the blog. I mean, here's what I would say. Like that's super clear and it's what you want so there's no reason not to do it now. In other words, like you're not like, "Oh, a podcast sounds interesting one day." You are clear. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so to build out a different content strategy and then to transition into that content strategy doesn't totally make sense if you're that clear. Now, if you were like, "I don't know, I'm semi-interested in a podcast, but I'm not sure." I would be like, "It's it's a lot of work. Don't dive right in." Yeah. But when you're that clear, just get the work over with and dive right in. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I feel like I've been getting a lot of pushback just from like people who know me that are like, oh, like you should really do more videos, like do videos, like hop on Facebook live and talk about how you like take off early on Fridays and like all the things you love to talk about and then do a podcast. And I'm like, why is everyone
1: telling me this? (laughs) I mean, Here's what I would say: like, do what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Like, and I know that sounds like the cheesy thing, but it's like either either thing works if you work it. Like, can you build a podcast following? Yeah. Can you build a Facebook Live following? Yeah. It's just that either one of them takes sustained and consistent effort and promotion and yeah sharing and whatever. So it's not like a Facebook Live wouldn't be great or that you wouldn't be great on video too. It's just like, it's the thing you want to go all in on because that's the real yeah. question. And like, whatever that answer is, like, you don't want to spend a lot of time driving a ton of traffic to Facebook Lives and then be like, surprise, I'm doing a podcast over here. <laughs> yeah. You want to be like, whatever I'm going to do, like, come on down, let's get you on board and let's like start this thing. Right. Yeah. And just from a way my
0: brain works perspective, the podcast feels really good to me because I can record a bunch of them at once and I don't have to worry about how I look or whether I just went for a run or, you know, like, because I mean, those are the realities of my life, right? I spent a lot of time in workout clothes so yeah. <laughs> and I just like, I don't have to worry about that. I can just hit record. They can be like, they, I don't even see them being that long. I think they can be like 15 to 20 minutes if that Mm -hmm. And I can like record a bunch of them at a time and know that I have content scheduled out. And for me,
1: that feels really good and really consistent. For sure. And I think like that's how you stay consistent is that you build something that matches your life. Because if you do the Facebook Live thing and then you're like, for like you're gonna have so many days where you're like, forget it. Like I'm sweaty, I'm gross, I'm not doing it, whatever. You know, so that's where people like really find that rub when they try to pick strategies that like seem like a good idea. Like, yes, you're adorable and personable and it would be great if you were on video, but the truth is if that doesn't serve your life, you're not going to be consistent with it. You know what I mean? No. And I can see a world where I would do it like once a week, but I don't want it to be the thing. For sure. And like once you've built the podcast audience, maybe that's like a cool thing that they get to interact with you on, but it's like a secondary, not important thing, not the consistent thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: cannot stress enough how important this is because if I had dove headfirst into feeling like I needed to do videos right off the bat, I'll be frank, they just would not have happened. I had quite the fear around video in general, just to be clear. And I also had this really limiting belief that I could not show up on video in workout clothes. I have since worked through this, but I think it's really important to mention here because these are the kind of mindset blocks that come up when we're trying to decide around a strategy, when we're trying to decide around a marketing and sales strategy that actually works for you and actually feels good to show up for again and again and again. If I had decided, okay, I'm gonna do videos even though I hate them, yes, I probably could have shifted my mindset around that, But at the same time, the podcast was the path of least resistance. This felt like the best and easiest way for me to start showing up for my audience. So it really did make sense for me to go all in on that right off the bat, rather than wait for this point at which I felt ready to shift my content plan, to shift my content strategy, to market in a different way, because that really would not have served me. The way that you grow an audience is really by showing up consistently, and that audience turns into warm leads who then turn into clients. I think that this is the part that so many people miss because they think that, oh, I need to be doing the Instagram post and I need to be doing the video and I need to be doing the podcast and I need to be doing Pinterest and I need to be doing Twitter and I need like there are so many strategies out there and it really really is about choosing the strategy that feels best to you so that you are going to be able to show up for it consistently because that is always 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 going to yield more results than you trying to be in every place all at the same time rather than going all in on one strategy from the get-go. So that doesn't mean that you can't layer things on later. That doesn't mean that you are stuck with that one strategy for the rest of your life. If it doesn't feel good to you, full permission to shift it. But I think that when people are choosing a strategy, they're kind of sticking their hand into the bucket of strategies and pulling out 10 and thinking that they have to do all of them, when in actuality, it really is about starting with one and then kind of layering on from there. So you can see that I'm pretty clear on the strategy that I wanted to implement here. I was pretty clear on how I wanted to be showing up and the way that felt best to me. So the mindset work there was really believing that that would be enough, that it was enough for me to keep showing up with that one strategy, that there weren't other things I should be doing instead. And yes, video can, be a fun thing to layer in, and I've since shifted my mindset around that, and I love doing Instagram stories, but that was something that came much later. That was something that I added when I had so many podcast episodes under my belt, when showing up consistently for that really wasn't a struggle anymore, and when I already had weekly content going out on the regular to Instagram and in Facebook groups, so like, it was something that came later, and I just think that that is such a good way to do things because you can have the foundational strategy and you can always add on later when you decide that that is something that is needed and necessary. But most of the time, the mindset work is really believing that what you are currently doing is enough and really just showing up for that audience on a deeper level and really just building that relationship even further with them. So I hope that this has given you a heavy dose of permission to not have to do every single strategy under the sun, to really believe that the strategy that you have chosen, the one that feels best to you to show up consistently for the one that actually works with your life and business is enough. And that you can really, really build an audience in a way that feels good to you.
1: So, yeah, I would say like, if you're, if you're certain and clear on that, there's no reason not to start there. I mean, any content where you're starting from the bottom up is going to be work, but you might as well put the work into what you want to be long-term and sustainable. Okay. Right. Um, So I would start thinking of like names, format, who you would want to interview, like start just like mapping that shit out and then we can add like the strategy around it. But very much like you just have to pick your thing. Just kind of start like high level, exciting brain dumping and then we can be smart about putting the rest of the strategy around it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think, so in my mind, it would just be the topics that like I listed on that
1: Mm -hmm. worksheet.
0: Like... Cause I'll be, I want to put it out once a week. I want it to be, I I think just a me talking podcast. Like originally what held me back on this idea for a long time was like that I would need either someone to like host it with or that I would
1: need interviewed people. So here's what I would recommend on that. Um, I think maybe you could do every other, but I would do some interviews at the beginning because here's why. The value is that that's what builds your audience. Let other people build your audience for you at the beginning. Okay. Right. So, like, if the thing that's so cool about podcasts is almost nobody's saying no to podcasts. And what I mean by that is like, it's open source content. So, it's not like I have to go get them to opt into your list for them to see it. It makes whoever your guest is look and sound good. They get to pitch a thing, it's a win win. Okay. So, then they're going to share it. So, say they have an audience of 500 or 5,000, you just got a bunch of new listeners from them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think having solo episodes is really useful because it's what gets people to know you versus you perpetually being the interviewer. Okay. But I think, especially at the beginning, guests are a huge win for growth. And honestly, they're an easy one. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It stresses me out a little bit because <laughs> then I'm like, oh no, I have to worry about scheduling
0: and making sure I have headshots and like making sure I have all this other stuff. So it just, it
1: feels like a little bit more work, but. Well, here's the thing. You're gonna do more work on either end, right? So if you're not dri- like getting guests on, you just have to figure out all these other ways to drive traffic. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So the marketing part, let's say of it, it's going to be work either way, whether that's like the end of managing guests or the end of marketing the absolute shit out of it. It's kind of the same. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that might be something for you to think about. Where, where do you want to spend that time? What's your preference? You don't have to decide right now, but it might just be something to play around with. Um, do you know who Mark Manson is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's this writer I really like, and he wrote this one article about like finding your life's passion. And in it, he said something like, you basically have to decide what shit sandwich you want to eat. Yes. I think I have. I've heard like about it. So this is sort of that thing. Like podcasting has its own pain in the ass things like anything else does. If you want to do guests, they're kind of a pain in the ass. If you don't, then it's kind of a pain in the ass that you have to market it all yourself 24 seven. It's just like, which sandwich do you want to eat? Neither is wrong. It's just like, what one is like more palatable, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you might want to just think about that for a little bit. You don't have to decide this second, but it's just like good perspective to have. Okay, cool. All right. So I'm going to put that on your thing. Just like start playing out the podcast stuff Okay. and like maybe just start like one main Google doc with all of that and start mapping it out. And then we can kind of go from there. Does that sound good? Yep. Beautiful. All right. Get that evidence journal, start mapping out the podcast, finish the content planning and redo those. And then let me know if you need help with anything. Okay. Okay. Cool. Beautiful. All right. My dear, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. bye. Bye. Thank you so
0: much for joining me for episode number three of the sales series. It has been an absolute joy to come to you and show you a real raw behind the scenes look of what it actually took to shift my mindset around sales so that I could grow my online coaching business. If you are loving this episode, do me a favor and screenshot it, share it out on Instagram stories, tag me at Amanda Joyce Weber, and I would love to share that as well so that more people who need this information can find it. If you are struggling in your own online business and you feel like nothing is working and you're unsure of what you can do and what you can shift so that you can start closing more sales with more ease, then I would absolutely love for you to join me for my absolutely free sincere sales coaching call. During this free 30 minute call, you and I will get to the root of the biggest mindset challenge you have around selling in your online business. So you can shift it and start seeing results. Now you'll walk away from this call with one simple action you can take to start seeing more results in your online business and start closing more sales with more ease. I absolutely love these calls because as you have heard in this series, I used to struggle in the exact same way that you may be struggling right now. I had a lot of mindset stuff to work through, and I know that mindset is really, truly the key to feeling good about selling and really seeing more results in your business, and I so wholeheartedly want that for you. So if you would like to join me for that call, you can head over to AmandaJoyceWeber.com slash Sincere I only do three of those each week, so definitely get on it and grab yours before it's gone. All right, looking forward to talking to you there. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. what that means is I had gone through and created a sort of, Samson, can you lay down? Lay down. Lay down. Good boy.